expressed here are not supported by and do not reflect those of the Evening Rush Network. Viewer's discretion is advised. All right, all right, all right, all right. You are now plugged in with Molly and Joe, the Mental Warriors, along with our brother, Zachariah Israel, our new co-host this year. Um, coming up to tonight's show, ladies and gentlemen, we're topic of the day, Black Solidarity Day, okay? What you need to know, what's the history behind it, um, it is it relevant today? Um, also, you know, our segment, one of our favorite segments is, um, paying homage to our ancestors to this week. We're doing a little variation of it. So we're going to do making our ancestors proud this week. So we got three, um, I think very, 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 very good, um, um, representatives of who has been making our ancestors proud. So we're, we're looking forward to that, of course. And Last but not least, current events. We all love our current events. We know what's going on in the news. We got everything from the mayoral um, 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 election, because we had election day this past Tuesday. We also have um, what we're talking about, um, um, Kyrie Irving and 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 Colin, um, and also Colin Kyrie. We are also talking, <laughs> that's our resident Brooklyn Net fan. Sean Don, shout out to the Evening Rush Network um, podcast. Shout out to the Evening Rush Network and um, as a family as well. Um, so we got Kyrie Irving versus um, Aaron Rodgers. It's not football. It's not basketball. But they're going up against each other in a, in a sense of their, um, their, their, their stances on COVID testing and such. Um, and also, last but not least, Colin Kaepernick, um, they were talking about his stance on the NFL being like modern, you know, modern day slavery, um, comparing it to modern day slavery. So we got so much there for you guys. Um, we're going to, we got so much topics. We got so much to talk about. We got, listen, listen, like Joe always says in production meetings, listen, this world is just going to keep giving us stuff to talk about, stuff to preach about, stuff to compare and all that. And guess what? Thank you. Thank you for being plugged in with us. Thank you for plugging out your brain from the from the norms of, to, of society and plugging in with us. Myself, being Molly, you got my man Joe. Joe, give him a shout. What's good, everybody? How y'all feeling? All right. Zachariah, give him a shout. What's good, people? That's what okay. I'm talking about. I, um, our producer gonna be more and more in tune with the claps, man. Cause you gonna, you gonna, you gonna can, can we get a can we get a clap? Where you at? Let me let me see where you are. Ah, there we They like to hear that kind of stuff, man. They like to hear like you know, like we got a live studio audience or something, you know, like it's the Cosby Show or something. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know what I mean? We need a laugh track too. We need a laugh track. All right. Um, Zach, try to pick up your mic, man. I don't know. Pick up your mic, bring it closer to you. I don't know what's going on. But, How's yo, that? check it out. The platforms we're on. All the platforms we're on. Amazon Music, Stitcher, Podchaser, TuneIn, Reasons Podcast, Google Podcast, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, Anchor.fm, Spotify, AHA Radio, Mixcloud, iTunes Podcast, and, of course, the EveningRushNetwork.com. 
And you also can download that available on both Android. Yay, Android. That's me. Or that Apple BS. You know what I mean? But Android is <laughs> a lot like Apple. You know what I mean? Android is acting a lot like Apple nowadays. So I don't know, man. Forget them all, man. They always, they, they always, you know, they always, you know, start mimicking one another. So it's all corporate BS, right? Right. Um, Joe, how was your week, man? Real quick. Ah, my week was good. Had a couple of days to relax, you know, a little bit, but I'm here back in it, you know, making moves as always and ready to get into the show and get into some words. All right. Zachariah, how was your week so far? Oh, good, good, good. Can't complain. Every day is a good day. I like to say uh, better than yesterday, not as good as tomorrow. <laughs> I love it. Good saying, bro. It might need to be a T-shirt. Yeah, yeah, hey, yeah. hey, what my man Shaq say? I hope I don't get sued for this. He was saying, underdog, make a T-shirt. Right. right? Underdog, make a T-shirt. My week, man, listen, it's always it's always fulfilling, man, because I'm always doing something for the community in the sense of the after-school program, trying to figure out ways to get um, Big Apple Leadership Academy for the Arts into, into, into a stratosphere like no other, something where we just be sitting there in awe of everything that we're doing, which I'm in awe of now anyway. So shameless plug, shout out to Baller, one of our sponsors. You know what I mean? That's the that's them people over there. Shout out to Jada Johnny over there. Shout out to Legend Parker, Nana Dunn. Shout out to all the all, all the staff. Frankie, Frankie over there. Um, you got who else? You got Remy, my man Remy, you know, you know, everybody that's out there in Baller Land. Shout out to you guys. Um we also got uh, what we got in sports, man. You know, the Knicks was doing good, then they not doing so well. I don't know, you know. <laughs> so, you know, yeah, you know I rep my paces. You know, I rep my paces. You know, and we put a be hurting on y'all last night. You know, I hope we can get that continue that consistency. It's always a good day when my paces beat the Knicks. You know, going back from 25, 30 years ago, oh. Reggie Miller versus Patrick Ewan rivalries. So, you know, it's always good to come back and see that. I know you're trying to hear it, but, you know, that was a statement last night. So I'm happy that my Pacers won, you know. Yeah, it's good win by the Pacers, man. I don't know, man. The Giants ain't doing so well. The pay- I don't know, man. It's just it's just a bad, 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 bad week for me in sports. It's a good week personally, bad week in sports. Zachary, do you even watch sports, man? You like you don't even watch sports. Occasionally, man. If I bet on it, then I watch it. <laughs> I have have a purpose, huh? Yeah, you a man with a purpose at all times, huh? Yeah, yeah, I hear you, man. I hear you, man. But yo, listen, that's our introduction, man. I'm glad everybody that came and shot, you know, came, you know, viewing us. They view us later, you know, or what have you. We appreciate you. We love you. We, you know, this is this is for you. You know, this is knowledge for the soul, knowledge for for life, knowledge to. To, to help you get ahead in, in, you know, in this crazy, crazy world, get some understanding, a little bit of understanding, I guess, right? So next thing up, you know, we already said what we're going to do next. We're going to keep up keep up with the same routine, making our ancestors proud. I think we got some new There we go. Making the ancestors yeah, proud. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We got visual. We got visual. So for everybody in, in podcast land, right now on the video screen, we got a little visual of the Making Our Ancestors Proud, little meme, little montage, whatever. So check us out on, on YouTube if you want to see what, what's going on. I know you guys on Spotify can't do so. 
You know what I mean? But making our ancestors proud. First up, always up to bat, is Joe. I love how y'all let me go first. Maybe because mine's just the most impactful. I don't know. But ah. start the fire, you know? Ah. Um, the, what I did was I put a group together of people that have the same purpose, have the same vision. My group for this week of making our ancestors proud are the last poets. Mm. Um, Umar Ben Umar Ben Hassan, uh, Abi Odun Oyewe, and Baba Don Eaton. Now you also have uh, for future of. Uh, uh, Felipe Luciano, who was one of the young lords up in East Harlem, he also became a uh, last poet later on uh, after they had communicated. But they are considered the godfathers of hip hop. Spoken word through percussion. And it made sense. A lot of words that they're talking about in the 60s, late 60s, early 70s, is still relevant now. Right. If you hear their poems, like when the revolution comes, if you hear that, it sounds like something that'd be happening right now when right. they're talking about people and they're talking about what the impacts that they make and, you know, how people react to society. So, and it's still out 53 plus years later. I happen, I, I see Abby Adun regularly, you know, just walking the streets of Harlem, but, you know, they're still here and spreading their words to the young kids and the youth that need to hear this now. Let them know that ain't nothing changed, but the weather Everything is still the same, and you got to use your words to get it to, to make uh make society understand what's going on. Right. So salute to the last poets. Okay, salute to the last poets. Definitely a good pick. Um, I'm not sure that the leadoff man usually is the most impactful in the whole situation. <laughs> you know what I mean? And we want to go into baseball terms. They used to set things up. You know, get on base. Might steal a base, you know what I mean? You know what I'm saying? Exactly. You know, I'm he not hit a home run. Huh? He might hit a home run. Might yes. hit a home run, but we ain't really looking for that. So what yeah, we do is get a, so then we move him along with the second 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 man at bat, Zachariah. You know what I mean? We move him along. <laughs> second man at bat. I'll take it. I'll take it. Uh-huh. I'm gonna drop the baton. <laughs> so, so my man for this week, um, who I believe just represents uh, freedom of speech to the fullest. And even as he was exalted in the position of um, respect among his peers and fans, uh, he never lost sight of who he really is and what his purpose that he set out to do from those days of being hungry and writing rhymes, you know, in the basement and none other than Kendrick Lamar, um, some might put him as one of the top lyricists of this new era of rock. Um, he's very underrated. Um, and I think the reason why we're hearing less of him is because he's took a stance to speak on uh, situations and issues that affect the black community at his heart and really um, talk about, you know, the institutionalizing and the uh, effects of the agenda. It's at hand today. So uh, through songs like uh, We Gonna Be All Right, um, uh, man, there's so many. This guy's great. Humble, uh, Money Trees, um, Loyalty, Poetic Justice, um, How Much a Dollar Costs. I mean, this guy's got a whole catalog of, you know, some really deep work. And, and I'm just end off with a quote. 
Uh, he says, picking cotton from a field that a white man owned. The blacker you are, further you are from the white man's home. Negro spiritual zones gave us some type of sanity. Before your vanity, they parted our families. They put us in a hundred degree shade and outside we bathed. The more we were afraid, the more they made rules and trapped our minds in a cage. Our freedom was so fake. Mm. And, and I just think that, that dude has never been been afraid to say what what he feel, and he knew his position because having a platform like that, you have to take advantage of it. And there's so many rappers that are not using their voice correctly. So my hat goes off to Kendrick Lamar, and he's definitely making our ancestors proud. Wow! Wow! Definitely! 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 Yo, so all right, like I said, you got the you know the leadoff man got on base. The you know second you know the the, the 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 second man, the second second hitter, move him along, and then here come the RBI man. See, this is where you you know what I mean this is where you make money. The RBI man is where you make money. This is you the RBI spot. I'm, I gotta bring I gotta bring it home. Gotta bring it home. Okay, gotta bring it home. You know what I'm saying, Mister? Oh, I must lead off. All right, I'm gonna bring it home because I'm gonna piggyback over what my brother Zachariah said. He said this man got slowed down because of his political views. He said this man is one of the better, you know, the un, you know unheralded lyricists of his time. So why can't I speak about none other than Yasin Bey, born to Dante Terrell Smith, also definitely known on stage as Mo's Death. All righty, all righty, all righty. We're going to talk about Kendrick Lamar. We got to be able to talk about most of them. Because most of them is one of them dudes that um, I'm talking about. His 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 range of talent is like like in a, a major way unmatched. You understand what I'm saying? There's not many that can do what he do. Um, I got to just read it down real quick. He's an American rapper, singer, songwriter, and actor. Great actors, by the, great actor, by the way. Absolutely. Um, Bay began his hip hop career in 1994, so he go, he stems, he, he he touches the old school stats when you talk about hip hop with them, them, them good old days. You know what I mean? Along oh, he was part of in he was the, part of the whole native tongues, right? It says short lived rap group Urban Thermodynamics, after which they appeared on albums The Bush Babies and De La Soul. He subsequently formed the duo Black Star. Alongside fellow Brooklyn-based rapper Tyler Kwale, someone who else is making the ancestors proud, by the way, and they released the eponymous debut album in 1998. He was featured on the roster of Rockers Records, and in 1999 released his solo debut, Black on Both Sides. His debut was followed by the New Danger, True Magic, and Ecstatic. The editors of About.com list him as the 14th greatest rapper on their 50th greatest rappers of all time list. All right. Um, most death was no joke. You know what I mean? Um, he was a child actor. He was um, in in films such as Something the Lord Made, Next Day Air, The Hitchhiker's Guide to, to the Galaxy. I like that one, actually. He was mad funny in that. 16 Blocks wasn't bad at all either. Be, be Kind, Rewind, The Italian Job, he did his thing, The Woodsman, Bamboozled, and Brown Sugar. And he was in television series such as Dexter and The House. Listen, the man, the man, the man is 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 beyond talented. Like I said, you know. And then also, he's been vocal on several several social issues and political causes. He he, and just like Zachariah said, 
I believe that he's being blackballed in the sense where, you know, um, he should have more films under his belt. He should have more albums under his belt. And um, I think he just chose, in a sense, the Kaepernick way, where it's like, listen, I'm just going, I'm going to get it in this lane that I'm in. You know what I mean? I'm, whatever it is, it is. Because I'm sure he's still selling out across seas. And, I, you know, I, um, and, I, and I, know, I, know, I know that for a fact. He's selling out other places, him and his brother, um, Tyler Quale. So shout out to shout out to most deaf, man. Most definitely one of the the, the the unheralded heroes of today. That's right. Yeah. Shout out to most deaf, man. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. His track was crazy. Yep. You're right. <clears throat> yes, sir. Shout out to most deaf. So. Without further ado, you know what I mean. We ain't gonna, we ain't gonna, we ain't gonna slow it down. We gonna, we gonna, we gonna keep it moving. Um, we gonna get into current events, current events, current events. We got something for that too these days, right? We got current events, right? I thought we had something for current events. We do, yeah, we do. Current events time. All right, this is the time where we speak on things that's happening either in the nation, in the world, or even you know locally. That's really important. All right. So first off, first up the bat, like we said. Um, the New York City general elections, all right? It happened, yeah, um, what's today? Thursday. It happened on Tuesday. And right now we have a new mayor, okay? Eric Adams is our new mayor. I'm personally happy about that because there's a lot of chance that um, if he keeps up, you know, if he keeps to his promises that he's made leading up to the election, um, maybe my program might be, you know, you know, getting further further ahead than, than than planned. So I'm I'm happy about it. I don't know. What you what's your thoughts on it, Joe? Uh Eric Adams would be the choice right now. Mm-hmm. But in my personal eyes, there's a lot that he has to a lot of uh mouths he has to feed. You know, right, he's an right, right. police officer. He's an uh, African American man. So, I mean, the good thing about Eric Adams is that he can speak from both sides of the fence. You know what I mean? He understands it from both sides. Okay. The question is going to be, well, which side of the fence is he going to be on? Because a good politician knows how to play both sides of the fence. Absolutely. So, I'm looking as we as we talked about with current politicians now still playing both sides of the fence. So right. what is Eric Adams going to do to be balanced, to show that he's, you know, he cares for his fellow man, but he also cares for his fellow profession. Right. So that's where I'm at. Like, yes, Eric Adams won. I'm glad to see that there's a person of color in office, mm-hmm. but let's see what he can do with that. Yeah. Well, I mean, I would exact, but it's, it's the local election. I guess you ain't really familiar what's going on over here in New York City, being over in Cali. But is there anything going on in Cali that we should be aware of? Um, I mean, I feel like you know, on on that level, just being having a having a person of color in office is a good thing, even when it comes to a woman of color being in office. But as a man, it's, it's equally as, as difficult. But I just think that, you know, playing both sides of the politics game, like like Joe says, and even though they may have their agenda, like, uh, that they have to follow, there are certain things that I know that they're trying to do that they'd like to push, and sometimes it's blocked and they're not able to, you know. So they may have the good intentions at heart, but it's not always going to work in the uh, benefit, to the benefit of the people at all times. So Obama tried a lot of things. They got, you know, pushed down, you know what I mean? But... Nonetheless, he's a historical figure, so that that role is to be respected when a person of color goes into office in politics. 
Right, because when you look at the election results across the country, um, elected officials are more colorful, as they would say, colorful. You know, between Hispanic, Black, um, you know, so it's got a lot of got a got it's a plethora of colors these days, and um, I love it. I love the idea of it. Um, but like, like I said, politicians are politicians, and that matters with no shade uh, um, of color. You know, I've seen. You know, I mean, you could have crooks on every every shade of the spectrum, right? Um, they speak to low voter turnouts. You know. Um, I don't know. It's usually, isn't that usually the case when it's not the presidential election? You know, I mean, and then, I mean, that's usually the case, right, Joe? Right, Zachariah? Well, yeah. Um, low ver- low voter turnouts are usually because uh, it goes to show how the people, residents feel about their cities. Mm-hmm. Um, in New York City specifically, you would think the lower elections mean just as much as the more powerful ones, governor, president, you know what the case may be. But I could say, looking at the numbers for the mayor, it was almost like nobody really cared to vote because right. it didn't really have as much impact. Like it really wasn't, uh, it really wasn't a a, a vote a rivalry because nobody was really going to vote for Curtis Sewell. You know what I mean? Right. So, everybody, it was, it was it was a poor it was a poor like campaign. It wasn't really done. But I looked at Eric Adams and said, well, he's the perfect one that can, like I said, he could he could balance the scales. All right. But a lot of lack of knowledge. They don't understand that it starts with the lower uh lower uh, roles okay. first. Once okay. you take care of those, then it goes up, you know, I guess by power. So you deal with the councilmen, you deal with the district people, you deal with the assembly people, and then moving forward, that's you know, they're the ones who control like the neighborhoods and keep everything together. Oh, um, so, so because because we don't want to kill our whole current event time on this. It's 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 not a it's, you know it's it's, <laughs> it's it's politics. You know what I mean? That you know that's that's neither here nor there to me. It's like we know that we're waiting for them to do something that they haven't been doing, which is you know telling the you know doing what they say they're going to do. They Can always- I give you one line? Can I give you one line and yeah. some something? Yeah. From the from the uh, opposite side of, of the fence, because and and that meaning that uh, I've lost faith in in politics a long time ago. I'm one of those um, non non voters, you know, and okay. I and it is because I lack knowledge because I have not been so deep into it to find out what their their agendas are. Just because I know that the main agenda at the end of the day is what's going to be pushed. And it, and it is a fact that the lower level is more important, and they do make moves more so than the presidential. You know, roles, but uh, I'm sorry, man. I just, I just don't see it as a, as a big change. I mean, to be honest with you, I mean, the teach his own when it comes down to it. There's some, there's some theories that I have at the same time. Like, like my vote really don't matter. You know, even though I'm a vote, but it really don't matter. So that that falls in line with what you're saying. But again, like I said, it's politics as usual. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? I mean, we could go with that phrase when it comes down to it. You know what I mean? Um, the um, the other elections are important. People you need to need to vote at all times. Every time you get, every chance you get to put one of us in, to try to vote to do so because I think a lot more of us will start to begin to do so if if we get the backing. And all it takes is votes. I've I've seen it done. Um, we're going to speak to one um, to a current event that's going on. Uh, we're going to skip at. Uh, we're going to go to Aaron. Oh, Joe, you were talking about something. 
Yes, we were talking about, well, this actually just came up a couple of days ago. We've talked about Kyrie Irving and his stance against being unvaxxed and the criticism that from it. Now, <laughs> now, here's another very popular player that his back status, unvaxxed status was just disclosed because he caught COVID. We're talking about NFL quarterback Aaron Rodgers. Now, this guy brings a lot of money to the table. He's super popular. He brings ratings. But what happened with Aaron Rodgers is he is on the COVID list, so he has COVID, and he won't be allowed to play next week, uh, this week coming. So what happened was he initially told people that he was vaccinated, but it turns out that he wasn't. So he lied about his status. Mm -hmm. What I'm looking at now is I want to see what type of stance the NFL is going to take about that because he's played for half a season, a half a season. And now this is coming out. He put his players at risk. He put his coaching staff at risk. He put the people he was around at risk. So there has to be some type of consequence for that. Mm. But nothing's come forth yet because I think Aaron Rodgers is a top star. So he's not going to see that type of consequence. But I'm looking to see that, you know. I'm looking to see what happens there for. So people out there, there, what do you think, man? What do you think should happen with Aaron Rodgers? Because Kyrie Irving was thrown under the bus and told he he needs to go sit down. Obviously, Aaron Rodgers feels the same, right? Right. So um, that that that's Joe's, you know, thought on one current event. Zachariah, you got you got something you wanted to talk about this week too? Yeah. So uh, everybody knows uh, Netflix just released, or if you don't know, Netflix Netflix just released um, Colin Kaepernick's um, story, uh, starting from his youth and how he was brought up and what led to you know his his career choices. Um, and I haven't got a chance to watch it yet. I've seen a couple clips. And it's, it seems like something that's going to be very uh, impactful. Um, and it's called Colin in Black and White. Um, so apparently he's been under attack from uh, the Internet. And um, one particular sportscaster, I believe he's from ESPN, Jack Brewer. Um, and he's called him, he says he has an evil anti-American spirit. And um, he's saying... <clears throat> He's basically, I'm going to give you the full quote because I hate to take things out of context, Mm -hmm. um, even if I am critical against it on that side. Um, But he says, uh, it's a new Colin Kaepernick doctrine that's penetrating the minds and hearts of so many of our undeserved black kids across America is the single largest threat to black men in the United States of America. And this is coming from the mouth of a black sportscaster. He said, because right now folks are thinking that they're victims and they're living in the most prosperous and most opportunity of any country in the world, which we know that's a, a, a real facade, you know, because at the end of the day, uh, Colin Kaepernick is, is under fire right now because he compared the NFL draft combine to um, slavery auctions. And, you know, in a sense, you know, he's been in it. So he knows what it feels like. So, you know, some people like to talk about things that they haven't actually worn those shoes. He knows what it feels it, it feels like. And part of that is mentioned in this uh, documentary, or this, it's not really a documentary, but but this program on, on uh, ESPN. And it goes in to talk about how he felt growing up. You know, right. one scene, he's in high school, and they're telling him, you got to cut your hair because he has braids in, and he looks like a quote-unquote thug. Right. 
I mean, so, so I mean, yeah. So the Colin Kaepernick thing, the reason, the reason why I, I find that interesting and I love it, right, is guess what? I want to bring that back as almost a topic in a sense. Let's try to fi- let's try to figure that out to be a topic because it's a lot to that. It's so many layers to that. Matter of fact, let's watch the documentary, all three of us. Yeah. This week, and then we speak to it next week. How and, about that? And we're gonna bring back my my poem also. All we're right. Gonna, we're gonna hit different. Copy. Oh yes, your poem. You're right. We can read that. You're right. Bingo. And next up for us is our favorite segment so far now these days because it's really comical sometimes. You know what I mean. Uh, you know what I mean segment. So we need music for that. Ding, 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 ding. There we go. You know what I mean, right? So what is our picture for this week, Joe? Oh, well, let's see what our picture is for this week. What our meme is for this week. I don't see it. 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 I do not see it. There we go. There we go. Well, this, All right. We got, a, we got a black man holding up an angry and violent sign. You know what I mean? We got a Hispanic man. We look like a Hispanic man, that, you know, criminal and dangerous because they all supposed to be, um, what's that supposed to be? Um, doing a mugshot, I guess you'd say. Right. And this is the category in their mugshots. Angry and violent. Spanish is criminal and dangerous. The m- Muslim, I'm guessing that's what that uh-huh. is. Kind of yeah. light, but extremist and militant. And the white guy, the, the blonde head white guy had a bad day. Just had a bad day. That's all. Had a bad day. And that's usually the case in this situation. Do you know what I mean for my people on, on, on Spotify and all that? It's just something that we throw a little meme up and then we're going to try to describe it to you guys so you get a visual through through Spotify. But guess what? You can also go to YouTube and check us out. Go go to our video um, streams in different um, platforms like the Evening Rush Network, YouTube, and other places. All right? And with that being said, thank you guys for the first half of our show. Yes. All right. And then coming back after these message from the Evening Rush Network, we'll be tackling our topic of the day, Black Solidarity Day, what you need to know. Hello. Looking to podcast shows and do not know where to start? The Evening Rush Network can help you with that. Call us at 929-441-2417 or email us at theeveningrushnetwork at gmail.com for dates and prices. We got you for all your podcast needs. The Evening Rush Network. Tune in, subscribe, and share. What's up, y'all? Your boy Shice, Mr. Talk of the Town, letting you know now the Evening Rush Network now has the app. So catch it on the Google Play and the App Store, and you can catch all your podcasts like the Evening Rush, Let's Talk Crazy, the Queens of NYC, Sex, Love, and Alcohol, Plug, TL Mac Fitness, I Am Nicole Clara, On Everything, and getting to the focus and the barbershops and mics. That's right, all your favorite podcasts all in one place at the Evening Rush Network app. That's right. So catch all your favorite shows. What are you waiting for? Download it now. That's big things. Ah, you was getting it in. Big things popping. That's big things, big things. Like I said, the Evening Rush Network, um, shout out to you guys. Um, shout out also, you know, 
um, download the app on your on your on your phone on your on your on on, your, on whatever whatever device you got going on. Download the app so that you can plug yourself into our show and check us out and see what we got going on. We are also sponsored by none other than Baller. We're also on Instagram at Joe Plugged MJ. Plugged MJ. Plugged MJ. Exactly. What else? Also, our Facebook page, mm-hmm. Plugged with Molly and Joe. You right. Can also, follow us on YouTube as well. Okay. Copy that. So, we're not, without further ado, what we're going to do is make sure we have enough time on this next topic. It's very. It's very near and dear because it's just one more of those ways that we can just show our solidarity and show our, our united front. And I think it should be an example of how we should be living every day. You understand what I'm saying? It should not just be one day when it comes down to this, but we're talking about none other than Black Solidarity Day. All right. <clears throat> Excuse me. Topic of the day, Black Solidarity Day. What you need to know. All right. What is it? Black Solidarity Day was a product of the Black Power Movement of the 60s and 70s, established in 1969 by Carlos E. Russell at Brooklyn College. Black people have had a long-standing, questionable relationship with our country. It became necessary to, to redefine this, these two relationships. In 1965, Douglas Turner wrote a play entitled A Day of Absence, to explore the social, political, and economic impact of losing Black citizens. The play highlighted Black people's societal contributions and demonstrated how vital Black people are to the success and productivity of the United States. Noting the inevitable shutdown of U.S. industry, culture, and commerce in their absence. In 1969, inspired by Turner's 1965 play, Dr. Russell professor at Brooklyn College, made a call to action called Black Solidarity Day. The call to action asks Black people to, one, refrain from attending school or going to work. You know we love to do stuff like that. Yeah. Two, wear all Black clothing. I mean, I actually did that today. I have all, I I do got all Black on today. Three, boycott white businesses and industry. That's hard. I guess we'll talk about that later, right? Like, they're everywhere, right? Like, how can you really boycott them when they're everywhere? Like, right now, we shouldn't even be online. Go figure. But here we are. Four, attend educational and cultural events addressing Black power and liberation. I guess, in a sense, we're trying to get there because I've seen a few little events here and there. But let's talk about it, all right? Um, Black Solidarity Day. That's what it is. Some people don't know about it. Joe, did you know about it? Yes, I was very aware of Black Solidarity Day um, and understanding what it means. I tend to practice it every chance I get. Like you said, it's hard because there's not enough of us that practice it. Um, It's hard when you want to shop somewhere and there's not Black-owned supermarkets. Right. When you want to buy clothes and there's not a lot of black owned clothes that are on mainstream, you know, I mean, they're starting to become more, a lot of them online, but there's not a real big presence, you know, to my, in my personal belief. Um, it's hard to educate yourselves. There's not a lot of knowledgeable 
people who practice education amongst ourselves. We have a small group of us that do, but it's hard to continue to let people know and to show your kids that that's important, you know, because there's not a lot of us continuing to spread the message. So I'm aware of it. As you see, I have on my unk today. Mm-hmm. I always have on a piece of something that remind me of my ancestry. I have on my um, my head wrap garb for my locks. You know, I have, you know, I try to continue this lifestyle. It's hard to do every day when you're criticized about what you look like, when you have a work code at work where you can't be that way, but you stick to your guns and you show support. So, you know, yeah. I, I knew about it and I'm just continuing the legacy of what Black Solidarity Day is. And I hope I knew I knew it was coming up. I, I mean, I actually rep my Black Panther every day, you know, between Black Panther. Um, I don't know. The Trap House always, always meant a lot to me. That's the reason why I was up <laughs> You know, this always hustling, you know what I mean? Just symbolic to hustling. You know, when I say Trap House, I mean just the hustle. Um, and then my 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 where my father was from, you know, where he was planted at some point in time, Panama means a lot to me. So, you know, like I said, you know, um Zach, did you know about um Black Solidarity Day? I did not know about it. I heard okay. about it. I did not know the depthness of the history of it. I did not know it was started in I did not know it was started in nineteen sixty nine, seventy. Um, but I did hear talk about it online. And I heard people talking about doing things like that. The, the date never really came out, but now hearing about it, I know it was around November 5th or 6th, mm-hmm. um, right? Um, but I don't think people today who heard about it actually know when the day is actually supposed to take place. And, you know, it's good to put in practice, you know, on a regular basis or as much as possible. But like you said, that's very difficult. Um, and even someone like myself, um, you know, uh, standing by 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 the side of, of those who's in the struggle, I'll be willing to support that any chance I get. Right, and um, I'm gonna be honest with you. Not to say I didn't know of it, I've heard of it, and all that other stuff, but I wasn't aware to the fact of like and 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 that it was something that was celebrated at at some point in time. Um, but that's just basically how the whitewashing of our our our, our history is has been happening it's slow it's methodical and it has something you know and all of a sudden you not you don't even realize there's things that you really don't know right so um right now let's speak to the parallels right let's speak to what parallels exist between the circumstances that led to the development of the black solidarity day back then and the issues faced by black americans today right what are the parallels between the circumstances that lead to the need of even remembering the blacks a black solidarity? Because one, the thing about it, you will want to be able to forget about Black Solidarity Day because we're getting we're getting what we need, right? So we won't need it, right? You think about it, it's like it won't be no need for a Black Solidarity Day if we're being respected and loved every day, correct? Absolutely. Um, so, so one- now. Let's, let's speak to the comparisons of why is it needed now, right? Go. Well, it's needed now because of what's happening in our community. We feel like we're not being respected enough. Mm-hmm. When we're being constantly killed and lynched, even in modern day times, it still feels like post-1865 uh, and sometimes in cases pre-1865. Mm-hmm. You know, it feels like we haven't really got our full emancipation. We haven't right. got what we're owed. We don't have 
the proper lifestyle that we're supposed to have. And we're constantly being told that our struggle is a good thing for an American storybook. Okay. So Zachariah. Yes, Zachariah. I, I mean, I, I chimed, chimed in earlier on the chat this week when we were talking about how, you know, sports and entertainment industry is being parallel. That's still some type of, of slavery because there's a ceiling and, and, and you're still being made to dance their tune. And if you don't, you either get canceled or like some famous uh, icons have been killed, you know, which is still conspiracy theory. But I think it's all under the guise that freedom has been granted and that, you know, the slavery part is over when it's just actually more diabolical and on a grand scale, it's, it's more uh, systematic than anything else. So, okay. I mean, all the problems of discrimination are still there today. Okay, Joe, you was you, you had a point you were still making? Well, no, I, what I was saying is that we just need to, the, the example that I was using is that we're still unjust in a lot of the things that we do. Like, our, our labor is taken for granted. Like, we mm -hmm. built this country. And mm -hmm. nowadays, people are telling us to get over what has happened to our ancestors. And in order for us to show our solidarity, we have to show people we really mean something and we're important to them. They want to exploit and mimic, you know, the black, quote unquote, black culture. And you know, they want to they want to poke fun at it and have fun like, you know, everybody drinking and dancing at the party thrown by the black culture. But but then, you know, you, you shut up. It's not your turn to talk. You know, shut up. It's not your. you just put in the work and be quiet and you'd still do what we say, you know. So Right. So, so all of those are, are are the reasons and the need for us to actually have acknowledged Black Solidarity Day. Why we need to next year do something about um, our part in making sure that it's known because every chance we get, we have to make sure that the, these things are examples being known to the people, right? Because plugged every week might not be enough. So now we, you know, so, and that's part of the plan. That's part of what we're doing here, right? You say, okay, um, do something addressing black power and liberation. We're actually doing that part here. We're edu we're doing the educating. So it says, it says and attend educational and cultural events addressing black power and liberation. We are the education. We right. are the cultural event right now. So let's, let's not, let's not, you know, let's not, say that we're not doing what we need to be doing, basically. Um, let's give ourselves a, a round of applause for that, in a sense. You know what I mean? Like, when you really realize it, we are that. <laughs> Along the same lines, the stage play Days of Absence explored themes of whiteness and discrimination against Black Americans in the 1960s, right? So way back when, this is what the um, the play already depicted. What are some examples of these themes in the present day? So Days of Absence was talking about way back when. We're going to bring it all the way back to the here and now once again. Example number one, guys. Ahmaud Arbery's jury has only one black person. How? 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 I could have got a gunshot. Give me a gunshot for that one. How? How? Example of and inequity within our justice system. No, Joe? Absolutely. Um, it's almost as if they're mocking us because they knew that we would respond this way. Mm -hmm. How do you expect a fair trial when you don't even have people who can relate to what Ahmad Arbery has gone through? Mm 
You know, most of the people in the trial, they can't relate to his status. They can't relate to how his family feels. They can't relate to how people of color feels. Right. This is not a com. This is not a once in a lifetime thing. This is commonly every day, right. and it's almost like they're looking at us and saying, "Yeah, we did it. What y'all gonna do about it?" You know, and it, it, it's almost like, but people are gonna look at that one black person if something goes wrong. They're gonna right. look at him and say, "Well, how did they vote? How did he look at it?" So now the pressure's on him because he's supposed to be, or she's supposed to be able to relate, but you don't have other people who are able to relate. And that's part of the problem. Like you don't have people who can understand the case. Everybody else is going to look at it as a dead walk in the park. But that one black person on the trial is going to be held accountable if something goes wrong with this trial. And it always does. It always happens that way. Zach, percentage, no, give me one second because we're going to go through the examples real quick. So because got example one of Maud Aubrey, I want you to speak to the second example. The percentages of PPP loans that went to Black-owned business during the height of the pandemic, meaning the lack of, right? This is an example of white privilege and discrimination within our economic and commerce system, no? I mean, of course. But, I mean, you know, you look at everything as far as when it comes to benefits, you know, you have to jump through all these hoops, especially if you're Black, you know, to get the benefit. And, and what they do is they make the requirements out of reach. You know, so to get the the PPP loan, oh yeah, it's easy for for everyone else that falls under this category of requirements, knowing mm -hmm. that most black-owned businesses will not meet one or two requirements. That's why it was set up that way. So I mean, yeah, so yeah. Oh, but here it is. We're presenting it, and so you can't say we're not helping you. Oh well, I'm sorry. That was your fault. You didn't qualify. <laughs> so it's like presenting. Right. We're helping you. Don't don't so be quiet and don't say we're not helping you. But it's under the guise of help. It's not really meant for you. Right, right. So let's go to example number three: eliminating critical race theory from from the curricula and bias standardized examinations. Mm. Examples of discrimination in our educational system. You being our resident teacher here, Joe, talk to me. Ah, well, we know what the whole purpose of critical race theory is. It's to make the other culture not feel bad about what happened in the past. It has nothing to do with us and our history. It has, they're caught in their feelings and mm -hmm. they want to eliminate it because it makes them look bad. Right. It makes their ancestors look bad. Right. Um, when we talk about standardized exams, Oh, the good thing is a lot of these exams have been getting rid of because they've seen the biasness in this. How can you determine someone's intelligence at two, three, four years old? You can't truly do that because the child is not fully developed yet. Yes, some children develop quicker than others. A lot of it's depending on their lifestyle, depending on where they come from, depending on the people in their life that help them develop that fast. But it is truly truly discriminate discrimination when you are putting a, a child a black and white child and saying because the white child has a better household that they're more advanced than a black child that grew up in poverty right and we know this to be the case but i'm glad that it's starting to be looked at and says you cannot determine a child's intellect because of their lifestyle you have to give them time to develop we all we don't all develop at the same time we all develop yeah. in life differently 
And then right. what's the measuring stick? A scholastic or academic test? Like, you know, I know people that are book smart, but they're not very sharp when it comes to life skills or, or, or the knowledge of, you know, survival skills or how to read people or a situation or take advantage of, of an opportunity or create an opportunity. You right. know what I mean? So so just because you're book smart and you pass the test, oh, that makes you have a higher IQ or you're right. that much more intellectually mature. No, no, no. Come on, right. man. We're not right. more for the okie doke. Right. I mean, we could go around in circles when it come down to this, because this, this is something they 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 named it critical race theory. You know, to to put a to put a, a I guess a different spin on it because what we used to call it is just you know educating us about slavery. You know, what I mean, just talk about slavery. You know, what I mean, let's talk about the actual the actual atrocity that you guys have done to us. You know, what I mean, or the, or the was, positive the positive parts in, of Black history that are hidden because they want to suppress that from from the from the right. black. They don't want them to have that high self esteem and growth right. levels of leadership. Right. Example four of how the power. You know how these are the, the examples of. Um, the discrimination against black black Americans of today compared to back then. Um, affordable housing programs that alienate low-income families, aids gentrification, and perpetuates the housing crisis. Example of discrimination within the housing system. This is red light, red red lighting, redlining, and all that other stuff. Correct, Joe? Absolutely. Um, I mean, Zachariah, as a matter of fact, Zachariah, I mean, can you speak to this real quick? Go ahead. Speak. I mean, we never heard the word gentrification come out so much in the last five years as it has ever, you know, mm-hmm. and especially if you've ever lived in the hood or uh, have family that lives in the hood and everyone there will tell you, man, this this whole this whole neighborhood has changed. You right. know, what I mean, I see it over here. I see it in Brooklyn when I went back uh, recently. And, you know, and that's because of situations like this where the low income uh, families just don't meet the requirements for the housing programs. Okay. So that's four examples. The last example of of something a little bit different, right? It's, it's, we're going to show the strength of the black dollar, right? You know what I mean? And I think Joe could speak to this a little bit more because he's from he's from there. So I'm giving you the I'm giving you the the nod on this one. Reference in reference to the riots after Malcolm X's death that shut down 125th Street. Um mm-hmm. That demonstrated the strength of the black dollar, no? Well, absolutely. It showed that we uh, we weren't. It was we had either fear or we were just furious at what happened to Brother Malcolm. So what happened was, and I think a lot of this happened during when a lot in the sixties when a lot of our leaders died. Like a lot of our major cities had riots where they destroyed a lot of what was in that community because they thought they were at fault. You know, a lot of cities started to burn. Mm-hmm. But in Malcolm X's case, one twenty fifth Street was. Uh, there's a symbolism behind it. Every year after the riot that took place when Malcolm X died, it shuts down on his birthday. Right. For uh, like the majority of the day to show that the black dollar means something. So instead of su- uh, supporting corporate America, you would go to a black owned business or you would go somewhere else to spend your dollar and let them see the impact of it not being spent. So that was a prime example of it. Am I saying that riots need to occur all the time? Absolutely not. But there obviously it took notice because the fact that their dollar our dollars weren't being spent in their organizations anymore so maybe an example like this is a prime example of black solidarity you take your dollar and spend it to you and help your neighborhood grow help your community grow right and that's and, you know this is just a prime example of what we need to do 
Yeah, and I think I think it, what needs to be uh, spread also is that um, you know the black community needs to be educated on just how valuable your dollar is to the economy. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of stigmas out there. Like I was having a conversation with a friend of mine. I'm gonna keep it short. Who actually, you know, blamed the black community for for uh, welfare and made the statement that he's paying for their health care and their welfare when he pays taxes. And I said, whoa. You bugging because you don't understand how the tax system works. You pay taxes right. for your family and you pay taxes for your kids' education, right. everything that your family benefits from. And if you want to put the put the point on how valuable the black dollar is, they're the number one consumers in the country. So even if you say that they're that money's going to them, they're spending it and putting it right back to the economy, which makes it stronger. One moment here, because what you're speaking to is speaking to what does present day solidarity look like. So you have to, you know what I mean? Let's keep it in the context of things, because what, what we're going to speak to next is what would present day solidarity look like? So let's not put the cart before the horse, so to say, right? Let's, let's, let's yeah. speak to it as, as it goes, right? As we have. I'm passionate about things. Right. I know, I know how you do. I know how you do. And I, and I appreciate it. Trust me. I appreciate it. But then that's why I'm in it. That's why I'm here. Because we're going to reel it in real quick and then we're going to have focus all the time, right? That's what we want to do, what we want to, because we want to, want to produce a great show for our listeners, a great show for our viewers, and a great show for the people that listen to us in the future. Because I think this is something that people are going to pull out in the archives years from now and be like, yo, this is what they was talking about way in 2021. You feel me? So, what would present day solidarity look like? Um, Joe, what programs? events currently exist for black solidarity right now anything that's kwanzaa based uh because kwanzaa okay. is our national holiday if okay. you give me another one. Oh gosh you have black owned bookstores juneteenth okay. juneteenth okay. regardless of how america feels about it it is our first national holiday because it okay. talks about the, the true emancipation of slavery right. uh, most cities have cultural centers and museums places that you could go that talk about the history like i've gone to a lot of big cities over the last year and they have these places african-american museums they have cultural libraries black-owned bookstores most of these places are places you can go to get that culture for ourselves okay you know follow people who follow the pan-africanist uh pan-africanist values and traits i know a program that exists ball up <laughs> yeah, no. I know a program that exists because we're do we're going to do it. Like uh, to be honest with you, man. Listen, it like I, I you know, um, it's crazy. I don't know. I guess I shouldn't have went there because I thought about him, and that's where I'm there right now already. Today, my father died. You know, twenty three years ago, twenty four years, twenty four years ago, my father died today. And, you know, it's kind of, um, you know, it's kind of bittersweet that we're here today, you know, doing this. And I'm able to say what I said and know that he had everything to do with it. You know what I mean? So, you know, it's, it's deep. So I'm going to move on and maybe speak to it at the end or what have you. But, um, yeah, you know, baller. You know what I'm saying? And, and to be able to do that and be able to help the people the way we're about to do it, man, listen, I know we have nothing but 
positive things to do. So we're that's what the that's what this looked like. That's what that looked like. So Black Solidarity looks like baller. Black Solidarity looks like what Joe is doing. Joe's um um JoJo's adventures. Black Solidarity looks like Zachariah being on plug with Molly and Joe. You know what I mean? Black Solidarity looked like the Evening Rush Network with all of the black owned um podcasts all throughout with all kinds of information. You know what I mean? So, Zach, my question to you is what could we create, develop to continue promoting solidarity? So now is now, now that passionate stuff that you were talking about, let's go. Okay, well last year um somebody created on social media that we should, there should be a blackout day after the death of George, the murder of George Floyd. Mm-hmm. And uh, everybody was supposed to post a black screen for that day and sort of boycott social media. You know, um, I, you know, I shared the sentiment, but I saw the post. I was like, what is this for again? What is this actually going to accomplish? And someone posted and said, well, if we really feel like that, let's actually create a day. And they put a date on it and said on June 7th of this year, let's none of us spend money other than with black owned businesses. Mm-hmm. And let's take a day out where you show them how powerful you are as a consumer and how powerful the black dollar is. And I know solidarity, black solidarity day is not only about the power of the dollar. There's much more to it. There's about, you know, fighting the systemic discrimination that still exists, but that's one step to actually recognize how powerful you are as a people. Uh, We are, because I stand with, you know, the black community in, 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 in many of these issues. And, and you know, if I'm spending a dollar out there on these days, then, then, you know, who am I? Where do I stand? Again, it goes to the point I was trying to make earlier is, um, is it really, is it really like, is that the, is, all right, I got a question for you, Zach. Yeah. Is it really the mission to do so when they control so much of what we spend money on? Well, here's the thing. At the end of the day, you know, even if you have a black owned business, you buy your product, you're paying some type of or the service or whatever you're using to operate your business. Even if it's the building that you pay the rent to that white landlord, you're still giving back money to the to the to the man, so to speak. Right. right. But at the same time, it's what these profits what the profit dollars are going towards. And if black businesses are actually doing it to help the community and raise awareness. And, and the answer is not just the power of the black dollar it's creating sustainability. I understand. I get, I get your point. I get your point. And then make, and then you're, we're making a point in that same sense. You know what I mean? Black out day. Listen, we're going to take it, take all our money and then put it here. But I think that's something we should do constantly. That and goes just, to my next so point. I'm just going to throw this in there before your next point. You know, a lot of pe- that conversation that I was speaking about that, that, that person has been whitewashed and people might watch this and say, well, look, this is coming from the white guy that thinks he's black. And if I've been, um, you know, the opposite of that blackwashed or whatever, you know, it comes to the point where you have to gain some knowledge of history. And I'm tired of people just thinking that this quote unquote American term, African American speaks to every black human being on the planet or African as the, the origin of all black men, where this is not a, a historical or geographical fact. You know, right. there's something called the Asiatic black man, AKA the Shemitic black man. And at one time, you know, 
everyone on the planet was considered black. a quote unquote black man, Absolutely. you know, a black man and woman. So we, this has to change and we have to change the narrative of how we speak about it to understand that black solidarity, yes, it's supposed to happen the way it's supposed to happen and to create awareness among Americans, but we need to change that narrative to create a unity to help that situation with the black community. I'm going, I'm going to stop you there because I want my brother Zachariah to understand one thing we're going to keep coming back and giving them more information. So trust me, brother, you ain't got to squeeze all of that into no little bit of time at all, ever. All right. You can take your time with it. You know what I mean? You can, you can, you can let it, let it simmer. You know what I mean? I, trust me. I get, I get where you at. You understand what I'm saying? You don't have There's to not enough time in these shows. I period. know that. I know that. That's why I want you to, I want you to, you know, tranquilo, tranquilo, you know, yes. just take it easy. Don't worry. They're going to get, trust me, they're going to get all that. They're going to get all that. We got, and we got more time in the day to give it to them every week. Sooner or later, we're going to figure out a way to do this every day. You understand what I'm saying? So my next point before, as we closing out, so let's look at this as our closing out point, right? Is it important to the struggle to continue teaching about black solidarity? I'm going to ask you guys, yes or no. That's it. Yes or no. Is it important? Yes or no, Joe? Yes. Zachariah, yes. it's important. Yes. Okay. 100%. Okay. 100%. Right? Black Solidarity Day is designed to make a stand against big corporations. That's what they designed it for. Are we doing that now? Yes or no, Joe? No. Zachariah, yes or no? No. All right. So that means we have to do something about that, correct? Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, then. It says, it is a fight against systemic discrimination. The system that doesn't value the black dollar, black labor, or the black consumer. Are we making them respect our labor, money, and the fact of how much we do spend? Yes or no, Joe? No. Yes or no, Zachariah? No. All right. You see where I'm going with this, right? There's a lot of work that we have to do, correct? Like, we keep talking all this black solidarity. It sounds good when you go through the day and say, okay, black power and blah, 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 put on all black and this, that, and the third, and talk about ball and this, and the third. But what have we really done, right? Okay. In the history of our country, the contributions of black people to the success and sustainability of America has been and continues to be trivialized. Regardless of how much we pour into the economy, we continue to be systemically oppressed. Have we done anything to change any of that? No. No. Okay. Discrimination in housing market, the job market, in medical care, in education, and in public service, just to name a few of all the ways that we're systemically oppressed, right? They keep us under in all of those ways, correct? Yes. Okay. So now, Black Salary Today says to society, if you were to lose us, your systems would collapse. So. In a sense, yes, banding together to demonstrate our strength and all that, all that's good. But what are we doing to sustain that every day? We gotta stand up, we gotta be we gotta celebrate black solidarity every day. Absolutely. You we know have to be willing to sacrifice. Exactly. We got it, and that and you know what I mean. My brother Joe, he hit y'all with some with some points. Brother Zachariah hit y'all with some points. We sort of we sort of leveled off and changed the show up a little bit just to just to just to entertain you guys a little bit more. But understand, understand that we're doing nothing towards black solidarity. We're doing nothing towards towards liberating ourselves from the from the system that has their 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 bootstraps on our neck. You understand what I'm saying? We've yeah. done nothing for it. So. Close out. I love you guys. 
we just got so much more work to do to even what would present day solidarity look like. You're right. That's what would because we're not doing it. Joe, last words. We got to continue to to fight the cause. Don't Mm -hmm. be tempted by or to be satisfied by what they're giving us. They're giving us table scraps so we can be having full meals. Let's get the full meals. Let's fight for those full meals. Correct. Zachariah, last words. Yeah, in doing that, we're going to have to suffer a little bit. Take You're going to have to sacrifice some of your pleasures, your comforts. You know what I mean? And you have to be willing to bite the bullet to get for the greater good later on. So uh, unless you're willing to sacrifice and put in that work, ain't nothing going to change. Yo, listen, it's always a pleasure to even do this show with you guys. I learned so much from you guys. I learned... Like, you know, by the end of the show, man, you guys be having me hyped up, ready to go, ready to go outside and do something, something black. You know what I'm saying? Something really, really black. You know what I mean? And I appreciate you guys for making me feel that way and getting me hyped for the rest of the week. You know what I mean? For the rest of the week going into next week. Um, My listeners out there, thank you. The viewers out there, thank you. Um, It's a humbling experience. Like I said, today, my father passed 20, 20, 24 years ago. Um, and it's never, you know, it's never, it's never a time where I don't think about him. And if I don't think about him, I'm trying to do something in his honor and in his name. So, you know, all these, these, these men, these men have, have, have actually benefited from my father's lessons and, and, and life, you know, Joe through my sister, (laughs) you know what I'm saying? And Zachariah through personally. Yes, yes, yes. So shout out to my pops. May he sleep with the Kings, you know, however it's being done up there or down there or wherever it is being done at. I know he's doing it the best way he always knew how. Shout, shout out, shout out to my father. Peace.